Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today I have Emma on with us. Emma, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Emma. So my name is Emma, as y'all know. I am in college currently. I'm a second year at Texas State and I'm studying nursing. Um, in the fall, I'll be going to the University of Mary Harden Baylor for nursing school, and I'll graduate in December of 2024, and I want to be a pediatric nurse when I graduate. Yeah. You think you're going to want to stick around the Austin area? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively a homebody, and so going to, going to college kind of taught me that I wanted to stay in Austin yeah. after kind of leaving. So. Yeah. One of your family's here, so. Yeah. Yeah, that make that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, well, actually, I've heard that Texas State is like everybody I've ever heard that's gone there says like it's like a hidden gem. It's an amazing school. Nobody ever like thinks about it because they want UT or A and M. But everybody I've talked to that goes to Texas State loves it. Yes, I think San Marcos as a whole, where Texas State is, is like a really cool, like little culture. I just yeah. enjoy being there. We have like the river. I mean, the academics at Texas State are astonishing um considering that nobody goes there um but there's like yeah. forty thousand undergraduates so it's a pretty big school yeah it's still pretty big it's yeah. just not as popular as some of the other yeah i think everyone has their a and m ut preference but Texas yeah. State's great yeah awesome i love it well uh today we're going to specifically talk about carrying your faith into college so uh we want to you know, base a lot of what we're going to be talking about today, um, uh, along those lines. And so tell us, uh, when you became a Christian, when, when did you become a follower of Christ? So growing up, um, I knew the Lord a little bit in my household. I have like a divided house. And so, and I'm assuming you mean that your parents are divorced. No, you mean? no, or no, no. Like spiritually, in, in spiritually they're okay. divided. I mean, my, um, uh, my mom, she would always like pray with me and stuff growing up. That was like basically it. That was like, at night and in the morning. And was it like really the same else. prayer? Like that's TV yeah, prayers? Like, that now I lay me down okay. to sleep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, I know there were specific sometimes if I had like a sick grandma or something, but, um, my dad, he considers himself spiritual and he okay. does have a belief in God, but he's just not at the point where it's like a church attendance thing. And so I didn't really like go through like elementary and middle school with like an active faith or anything. I didn't go to church. Um, and maybe like on Easter Sunday yeah. every few years, but I became a Christ follower probably my sophomore year of high school. And I was invited to a small group by one of my close friends. And which one? Austin X. No, no, no. Sorry. De- Delaney. <laughs> was it Delaney? The friend, yes, the friend. Delaney. Yeah. Delaney okay. Anthony. Yes. Yes. She invited me to a small group on some random like, Wednesday evening at school and I was like, okay, I'll do it. That's awesome for funsies. And I like have stuck around ever since. So yes, well, we, we like having you around. Yeah. I like so, around. so was that like, like, so that was, uh, it was Amanda Larner yes. was your small group yes. leader. So yes. And Sam Kelly and Sam Kelly after like a year. Or so she joined us. Yes. So, you, and I guess before there was a few other small groups before, I think you were, I think of- I like was in another one. I don't even remember who led it, but it was for like a, just a hot second. Okay. And then I was in Amanda's small group. Yeah. I don't really remember how exactly it went. Yeah. Well, I probably should remember since I was probably around. Uh, yeah. Well, I was around then, but <laughs> yeah. so like what, like, 
who was it or what was the circumstances that brought you to faith? You know, so Delaney invited you to come to small group, uh, sophomore in high school. Like what, like what was that turning point for you specifically? Um, I think before that point, I like to say that that, that time was like my coming to faith. But I think before that I had still sort of been like interested in Christ. And so it wasn't a sort of like snap of the finger moment. It was yeah. more of like a gradual, like learning more about Christ. And then one day I just kind of like found myself like being a devoted believer. Yeah. So it wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was like, um, I know some people have testimonies where it's just this incredible, like, just realization epiphany they have and like from there on out it's like this perfect walk but i think yeah. just around that time i was just kind of like oh yeah this is like obviously this is what i want to do so yeah i love it was there anything that like was off-putting at all like like when i think about somebody who has like zero church involvement like what were you like was it like taboo you think like the ceiling's gonna fall in on you or you think we like I often hear people say certain things when they come to church for the first time and they're like, like, Oh, this isn't what I oh, yeah. thought it was going to be. Or no, no, I think, um, I think I was just comfortable with it because I have family who are Christians. And yeah. so it wasn't like, I mean there, I also didn't really grow up with people around me who like had any kind of radical opinions on Christianity. And hmm. so it wasn't like I was coming into this, like, going against the grain or anything. It was more yeah. just like I was aware of Christianity and I knew that there was a reason obviously that people believed in it. And so it was kind of like me, it almost just felt like comfortable. It was mm -hmm. like, I was, I wasn't really off put by anything. It was pretty, and Austin Oaks is a great church. And so yeah. it was just very inviting. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, what helped you the most to grow in your walk with Christ? You know, still in high school, and we'll even chat about that a little bit with your, you know, being in college and all that stuff, but what, what helped you the most for you to continue to seek after and to grow in your walk with Christ? Um, I would say a couple of things. The first one being Delaney and friends like Delaney, who I was close with um, throughout school, and we didn't really talk about, like, Jesus before that point. And so being able to, like, keep those friends and, like, have a support, a, cr a community, really, yeah. outside of, like, Sunday mornings. Hmm. Um, just being able to, like, go to school and, like, talk to my friends about my faith and, like, have, like, a comfortable group around me is really important. Yeah. And an I would say another aspect, too, about, like, just the maintenance of my faith were my parents. And that's kind of surprising, I guess, because of the fact that we weren't, like, super devoted in my household, but my parents are like just super accepting people. And so it wasn't anything ever like awkward, you would think. Like yeah. if you have a kid who's a Christian and like the parents aren't necessarily super strong in their faith or they don't have faith at all, you would kind of expect it to be kind of weird. But like I could go into my parents' room after my small group and just tell them what I learned and like they would be interested in it. Like it was just a cool little, I like had the room to grow in my faith until like accept that for myself and like other people around me were like really great about it. So yeah. It so was really cool. That's awesome. So there wasn't like any hostility. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you answer that differently now that you're in college? So, you know, you're in college, you're away from home, you're not too far away, but, um, like has that changed? Has there anything that's helped, uh, the, uh, maintenance of your faith is a great phrase. I have, I wrote that down. It was so good. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. Great. That's like a title of a book right there. But has there anything changed in that, in this new season of your life? Um, for faith maintenance, I would say yes. And the reason why is when 
I actually got to college my first semester. I graduated when COVID was occurring. Yeah. I graduated high school in the middle of that. And so I stopped going to high school like March of my senior year That's and horrendous. never went back. And so that transition from the end of my senior year to college was so dumb and it was frustrating. And I lived with a roommate at the time, just one of them in this little apartment, like a little off campus. Like it was so far away. It was just awful. And we couldn't go to class in person and all of my, everything was online. Like we churches, ministries weren't meeting up. And so me like taking that step to like get a community, like I thought was super important in high school was so difficult. And so my very first semester of my freshman year, which was last year, I like did not go to church. I didn't have a ministry. I didn't, my roommate wasn't a believer. And so it was like this kind of weird time in my life. Yeah. And I had to get comfortable with that and then figure out what to do from there. And so I reached out to Young Life, which is um, a ministry that a lot of people know about. And I joined their college ministry and I like regained that community. And so I think the most important thing for me in maintaining my faith is finding a community, which we're obviously called to as well. And so makes sense why it works for me, but I just like needed people around me. And like, that was super hard with COVID. But once that kind of cleared, I was able to get that back a little bit. Yeah, for sure. What faith challenges did you experience after high school? Um, probably just like the whole situation we were given with COVID, like just everything that happened with that. I also think that going to college is like, everyone knows it's like a whole new world. And yeah. I didn't, I don't go to school super far away from Austin, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's like 35 minutes if I'm like, if traffic's clear for me to get from my house to school. And yeah. so I'm not super far from home, but I would say that like, I do have an apartment down there. And so like I can spend however long I want to be down at Texas State. And with that, there's like less accountability, especially because I had been so comfortable with my community in Austin and so no one's like sitting in your room in the corner telling you to get up and go to (laughs) church on Sunday and no one's telling you to go join a small group and so I think like with that like the lack of being poured into there for a minute was like just difficult and I require a lot of that and so it's it was just frustrating for a while but I think once you can get past that it just becomes like back to normal and once you like regain your community and you have people holding you accountable it's a lot easier in college yeah no for sure what was the hardest transition in general um i i like to ask a lot of college students this when they come especially my guys graduated last year and i got to see a bunch of them over this past break and i asked most of them this question but like like what was the hardest transition from high school you know uh going to public school living with your parents and then transitioning to college um I think, like, aside from my faith, I was much more of a homebody than I thought I was before. And when you say that, like, as in you didn't like to go out, like, what do you mean? I I, I mean, I think I know what 
I know what I mean when I say homebody. What do you mean when you say homebody? <laughs> I think, well, for me, the way I'm defining it in like my head is that I like love to be with my family. Okay. And so I know some people might like think of it as like, you just don't want to go party and stuff. And like, little side note, Texas State is a humongous party school. I've like, heard. You can literally just every single weekday, every, every night, if you want to go out every night, you can at Texas State. And that's not really like a temptation for me at all because yeah. I was a homebody when I lived in Austin and I like loved being home and I didn't really go out. And the way I'm defining it now is more like I enjoy being at my house, like with my family and like hanging out with them. And I love like my roommates and stuff. I love all of my friends at college, but like being in Austin, like being at home is like where I'm most comfortable. And so that transition of like getting used to not like, asking my parents if I can go get frozen yogurt with my friends. Like I could just get up and go do yeah. it. And so that was like a completely different thing for me. Yeah, for sure. What do you wish you would have done differently uh, to prepare for college life? And uh, it could be a practical thing, you know, I don't know, like time management or whatever, or, or yeah. spiritual component or, or one of each. Or So feel free to answer that as practically or spiritually as you kind of want there. Um, I think... I could have prepared a little bit better by like researching like churches and stuff in San Marcos before um, I went to school. And I guess I kind of planned more to come back to Austin Oaks like on the weekends. But once you get there, all your plans change because you just it's a new world, you know, Thir 30 minutes seems close <laughs> 30 minutes until seems it's close, not, yeah. you know, so until you actually have to get in your car on a Sunday morning, like when you're all the way down at school. Um, yeah. But yeah, just preparing in that way. It was, it still is like a difficult time we're in with COVID. Like I think with that, I was so focused on like if I was actually even going to make it to school because mm. there was so much questioning about like, are yeah. we going online? Like, is it canceled? Like what, what is learning even going to look like this year? And so I didn't really have a lot of time to just sit down and like evaluate like what I'm taking to school and like what I want, what my goals are and stuff. It was just like, am I going to get there and am I going to do well? So it was kind of, I guess I have more time to think about that now, but um, if I had done that a little bit differently, I would have wanted to just be more cautious about like how I was going to help my faith when I got there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I can't help but just recommend the parents like, Hey, like, you know, if your daughter's going to go to San Marcos, you should, you know, take a few Sundays away from Austin Oaks and yeah. go down and <laughs> check a few churches out. Or even, you yeah. know, if it's all the way on this side of the country, you know, look up a few churches um, and, you know, go to those and just to experience them and to see, you know, try to try to find that. Like, would it have, would there have been anything that would have helped spur that on? I'm assuming your parents weren't encouraging that. Like, they weren't like, you know, telling you not to do that. But yeah. like, what would have been... I don't know if it was, you know, somebody that's, you know, bugging you all that. If, if Amanda and Sam were like, Emma, yeah, it's day yeah. three in college. You got a church home yet? You know, like, like what would have been something? And, and at the same time, knowing like, you know, you're an adult yeah. and, and all those things. Um, I think like my personality is like the more someone asks me to do something, the less I want to do it, yeah. which is like annoying, but if I had had Sam and Amanda texting me, like, you need to go check out a church. Like, you need to figure out where you're going to go to church when you're in San Marcos. I would have, like, probably not done it. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't do That's it anyways. Fair. But I think, like, I really do believe that it's, like, an importance that needs to be instilled 
before you go to college. And yeah. we would go through, like, sticky faith and stuff when we would mm-hmm. practice, like, what we're going to do when we're in college and, like, this many people, like, fall out of their faith when they go to college and stuff. But I think, like, I get the most, like, motivation and inspiration, like, directly from the word. And that's not the case for everybody. But yeah, if that had been an importance that was kind of, like, dropped here and there before I had gotten to school, it would have looked a lot different. And again, like we had to do small groups through Zoom for like several months before I went to college. So it just, it really was not the same and it was really hard to adjust. But yeah, I think like if we hadn't talked at all about like how people lose their faith in college and then all of a sudden my small group leaders were like, you need to find a church in San Marcos. I'd have been like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> don't yeah. talk to me about this. Like, but I think the way that it was done, like going through a book my senior year, well, half of it. And yeah. just like knowing, being aware of the fact that like people can be devoted Christians in high school and then like completely do a 180 when they go to college. I think in a way it kind of scared me a little bit cause I just didn't want that to happen mm. to me. But then I kind of realized like, I can, I literally can decide that. And if I have a faith in Christ, then that shouldn't disappear. Yeah, so. absolutely. Did you have any frustrations? Like I remember I, transitioning from high school to college and just, um, there was a lot of things that I had to grow up in and mature in and mm, yeah. <clears throat> was a little resentful towards my parents uh, on at times about like, man, why didn't they teach me how to do this or this? Oh, or yeah. Like, you know, how to, how to save my money and not, bo- oh, you know, goodness. I've got a hundred dollars. I'm going to go below a hundred dollars. Like, oh, man. so just oh, so, man. some practical things. Cause a big part of parenting is training up our children, uh, to, uh, make much of God, uh, would be the, yeah. the biggest thing. But I mean, that includes practical things like driving and doing laundry and doing dishes and how to make a sandwich, you know, right. just, so just any frustrations. Um, I will say two of the things you touched on. I was pretty, like, spoiled growing up, I would say. Like, my mom is a housewife, and so she would do my laundry and, like, do the dishes. And I would help out, but it wasn't, like, a get up at 6 a.m. and, like, mow the lawn and, you know, it wasn't, yeah. like, a super strict. And, like, I have respect for that, obviously, and, like, I know how to do it now, and that wasn't an issue. But it's still, like, the motivation isn't there because it, it wasn't as, like, a regular thing until I got to college, like doing my laundry. I was like, wow, I have to do this like a lot. Like, and I wouldn't have to do that in high school. And you know, when I was a kid, but another one too is money. And I'm unemployed because I'm in college full time. And I mean, some people have jobs, but I have a particularly difficult major and that's not really an excuse, but it is a lot easier for me to focus on my studies when I'm not working. And so I get, a certain amount of money for gas and groceries, which I'm very grateful for. But at the same time, I also am pretty bad at money management. And I like didn't really, I learned it when I was growing up, but it wasn't like just pushed on me enough because there wasn't really a reason to like a rainy day thing doesn't really feel like a urgency for me. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, I would get to college and I'm like going to get canes on a Saturday. And then I'm like, I don't money for the rest of the week like if i like what if i just need an emergency ten dollars and i don't have it like i'm just gonna be left on the streets of san marcus without any money but i've i've been learning it it's like a humbling experience like being put in college with no like life skills i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say i don't have life skills but 
I didn't have as many as I should have, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I'm not blaming my parents. I'm honestly blaming myself for being lazy, but that was difficult. College is a huge adjustment financially for my, for me in particular. Yeah. It's like, where all these clothes come from? Um, oh. Emma, you, you wore those. <laughs> yeah. And then I have like one ramen noodle in my cabinet and I'm like, wow, this is great. I can't eat my clothes now. Yes. It is a very, very humbling thing. It is so humbling. Uh, so you mentioned just, uh, <clears throat> a lot of isolation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, primarily due to COVID stuff. And so how did you find relationships when, everybody including the world was isolating themselves uh, because most people like i don't I, I don't i don't think i came up with this somebody else said this and i i stole it i think i don't remember but on the other side of relationships is i'm sorry on the other side of awkwardness is relationships yeah i mean it's awkward at the beginning whatever the circumstances are and if you stick stick it out you got great friends on the other side but when it's hard to be with people and valuing community in a season of life where it was almost impossible. Because most of the time you go to college and it's like colleges spend tons of money on community. Yeah. You know, all these environments on gyms and yeah. coffee space. I mean, and but that didn't exist. And so, like, how did you find, and you touched on a little bit, but how did you find relationships when everybody is isolating? Um, I would say from March 2020 to, like, March 2021 I really didn't make any new friends and I I hate that but I did have a quite a bit of friends from high school that I was still close with and we did three of us went to the same college and so three of us are at Texas State and a couple of us went other places so I still had them and I was still talking to them but as of Texas State I like had my roommate and that was pretty much it and I would like talk to people uh, we had a group project my first semester freshman year and we literally did the entire thing on zoom and like i'm still friends with them but i've never met them in person wow. so that's insane right like yeah. i have friends from college that i have actually never seen in person before that's and so crazy so, yeah that entire time like covid covid rules were very very strict and as they should be i mean it was at the time we did not know much about it and it was just scary and yeah but until i was Jo until I joined a small group and I was like in my young life community at college, I didn't make a single in-person friend. I, it was just me and my roommate. And so I would come home a lot and hang out with my family, which I was like going to reinforce the homebody thing. But yeah. I, I really did not make a single friend like until halfway through my first year of college, which Man. just is crazy. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That was just kind of what we were forced to deal with. I didn't really have much other option. If I just showed up at someone's like house in person, even if I had a mask on, they'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is dangerous. But eventually that see you, eventually you kind of got fed up with that or at least yeah. just was like, okay, I need to get after it here. Yeah. There and was like, oh, honestly, I'm like, I get energized by other people. Like I'm, I'm extroverted. It can flip. Like I can be a little introvert sometimes, but for the most part, I'm very extroverted and I wasn't meeting new people. And so there was just this lack of, um, motivation, especially in college. Like it's such a difficult time and I'm a STEM major. And so I'm taking these science classes and like, they're so difficult and I can't even meet up with people to study with them. And yeah. so I'm like just using every single ounce of my brain and I'm focusing on school. And so like motivation to maintain my faith was low and like just motivation in general. Like I, I was just like bored and I was like sad and it mm. was just not a great first semester. And like, I really 
genuinely think that came from lack of community and not being able to share my studies with people, share my faith with people. It was just a very, like, I would, I would say it was a dark time in my life. Yeah. I wouldn't, like, go as far as saying I was, like, severely depressed or anything, but it just wasn't a great time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's say all of Austin Oaks gathers together and you come up on stage and we're like, Emma, you know, you're a part of the younger generation. What would you communicate to the church on passing off faith to your generation and even the generation coming after you? Like what, what specific things would you say, this was meaningful to me. I encourage you as a church to continue to do this. Um, in terms of things that Austin Oaks did for me, um, and continuing that, like towards my the generations after me, I I honestly would say like making the kids important, and like that's kind and when of you say weird. kids, you don't just mean the, like the youth, okay, the, the under eighteeners important, and like that's kind of a broad thing, so I'll kind of narrow in on that, but. I feel like sometimes um, churches won't have as much of an emphasis on their their students, and I feel like our our obviously our youth ministry isn't like a million people. You know, it's not this ginormous thing. But I've always felt like there's a huge integration of all ages in the church, and not just like the adults who are showing up every Sunday and like they have a, a wife and kids or whatever. And so when I came here, it was like I was talked to like an adult. Like I was, I was able to ask questions. I had room to grow here. Yeah. And some churches do an amazing job at this, and some of them lack. And you know, it ju- it really just depends on like where you are and for sure what your congregation is or like who your congregation is. But I felt like I had a lot of space to like, because there were I had tons of questions when I was like a young believer and. I was able to ask those questions and I feel like sometimes people are afraid Mm. to do that. And like, I never was like, I felt like we had great leaders here and my leaders were great and very attentive. And like they, there was just so much important importance placed on us because we are the next generation. Like I'm going to be raising my kids in the church and like, that's very important. You know, if you don't place enough emphasis on the kids, then they're not going to place emphasis on their children and it's just going to fall out. And so I feel like, just that heavy focus on us was really cool and it was important and it wasn't even like a insane like we need to make sure that these kids are perfect little believers and that they're you know it wasn't like that at all it was just like we want y'all to have faith obviously and like we're gonna do what we can to help you with that and i think it was executed really well yeah oh that's that's very encouraging what uh what did what did I, I would I probably say the same thing? I'm like, you need to youth matter more than anybody. Come on, people! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you would say that. And obviously, other people would say differently, mm-hmm. but they would be wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what what wisdom or advice? Like, like, let's say if parents were to say, "Hey, you know, Emma, just curious. You know, I'm raising my kids, and maybe they mm-hmm. got young kids or teenagers or whatever. But you know, like, you know, as a parent, like, you know, like for you know, what advice would you give in terms of just helping prepare their sons and daughters for college. I know you're not a parent and that's totally fine. That yeah. I didn't disqualify you from answers, but like you had an experience and certain story and circumstances. And so what would have been beneficial to you? Um, I think 
like if I advice if I had advice for parents like kind of thinking of them as my own um I would I I think kids are just super stubborn and you know like if you're a parent you know that your kids are stubborn like kids are just like that and I know for myself personally had the people around me been like almost making it like a task like Mm -hmm. a checklist for me to like mark all the boxes before I got to college and like I need to have the like this percentage of faith like I don't you know yeah, just weird you. stuff like that if there were if there was more pressure on me to do so I think it would have been a lot more difficult mm. and I just know like growing up if like I was like in my bathroom cleaning it and my mom came in and asked me to clean my bathroom I would like stop dead in my tracks you know it's like it's like sometimes your kids are like working on something greater than you might think that they are and Mm. so you just kind of got to give them room and sometimes it's scary like you want the best for your kids you want them to grow up in the church and you want them to have a belief in christ and like be leaning on him in all areas of their life but i think it's also a personal thing and this is like hard to hear and i've like been kind of leaning on this recently but we're not responsible for saving other people Yes. And I hate that, you know? I I mean, I hate it. Like I w- I want to bring people. I want to have that like prideful. Like I want people to know the Lord because of me obviously and that's not good. But I think that sometimes like parents like from my experience like knowing people with parents like this, like they'll be kind of um pushy about mm-hmm. wanting their kid to look a certain way as a Christian and to be following all of these fancy rules that they've made up for themselves and Yeah. I think that like you just have to let the Lord do his work in that. And it might not look exactly like you want it to. And you might want your kids to seriously be like looking a certain way. But I think if you like, for me, I got to college and like, I figured it out and that was by the grace of God. And I think we have to like, remember that you're not like a hundred percent responsible for the saving of your kids. Like you have to do what you can and obviously like follow biblical commands. But at the same time, like 99% of that is up to God. And so, or a hundred percent of it's up to God, but in in these terms, you know, you have to, you have to let the Lord do his work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Emma, for those listening, how can they be praying for you? Um, just my academics always and to maintain my faith as I go into my young adulthood after I graduate um, and just wellness and health during COVID season. Yes. Well, it was great to have you on. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and wisdom and your experience. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we'll see you all next time.